Hello, it's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. Hello, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you join us in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Um, let's get right into the word. Uh, so today, we are going to be moving ahead uh, to the other examples of uh, uh, men post Adam, how they were presented with the same offer that Adam was presented with and how they made their choices. You know, recall we started with Abraham and we dealt fully uh, well on Abraham over the past few weeks. Uh, today we get right into considering another man and uh, that man is Hebel, like I hinted in the last, uh, in the last class. Now something about Hebel, the son of Hadam, is that he was actually the first man. Like I told us at the last class, Abraham was not the first to be justified by faith even though he is widely regarded especially by the jews as the father of faith abel was actually the first one to be justified by faith and we are going to be looking extensively okay at how through the interpretation of the scriptures genesis to malachi which is the epistles the interpretation of the scriptures paul's letters uh, the letters of the apostles, we are going to be seeing how Adam came about his justification by faith. Glory to Jesus. So, like I said earlier, today we'll be considering the son of Adam, who was actually the first man to believe the promise of a seed, the promise of eternal life, okay, which is the promise of Christ Jesus. We saw that in Adam. We saw that in, in uh, Abraham as well. So, let's get right into Genesis chapter 3. I'll read very quickly from verse 14 to 16. This is the trigger of what we're about to co uh, consider today. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14 to 16. So, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his ill. If I let us stop there. So, basically we see, right from the start, Genesis chapter 3, from verse 14 to 15, which we just read, God made a promise. And what was the promise? The promise this time was in form of a seed of the woman who will bruise the serpent. Bruise there is the word that is translated to overwhelm, to subdue, to make useless, to make of no effect, to spoil. So there was that prophecy, God declaring in a promise that the seed of the woman, there will be a seed of that woman, of Eve, presumably, that would actually come to subdue the serpent. So, let us follow along. And then, 
this is followed by Genesis chapter 4. I will read from verse 1 to 5. Genesis chapter 4 from verse 1 to 5. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. What a name, right? What a name. What a name. So we would be wondering, why would Eve make this statement? Why would Eve say, I have acquired a man from the Lord? What a what a very bold declaration. It must have been based on something. We are, we are, we are about to discover that today. Glory to Jesus. So, there was this declaration about the seed of the woman that the seed will bruise the serpent. Okay, we have uh, uh, addressed that. You see, that the bruise was, uh, 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 that the seed of the woman was going to overwhelm the serpent, render useless. Okay, later on in scriptures, we'll see that that promise is actually the promise of eternal life, the promise of resurrection, the promise of victory over death. Glory to Jesus. But again, that is not the focus of today. Just follow with me. We are trying to see the life of Abel and how it was made the same offer that Abraham, that Abel, uh, that Adam and Abraham were made and how Abel made his choice. Glory to Jesus. So we can see right off the bat that Eve surely felt, oh, after hearing the promise from God, Eve felt surely this is it. This is that man. This is that seed that will conquer the serpent. Surely Eve felt that way. That this is surely that fulfillment, the fulfillment of that promise that God made to me in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 to 16. Okay, verse 14 to 16, rather. Just like Abraham made assumptions. We learned about Abraham, I think, this is part uh, part 10. I think in part 8, part 7, we saw how Abraham actually made an assumption on the promise of the seed. Abraham thought it was going to be Isaac, but no, it's not Isaac, it was the Christ. So, likewise... This guy, no, Eve, rather, would have her assumptions, okay? Would have her assumptions concerning the fulfillment of this big promise. Glory to Jesus. She thought it was Cain, okay? Then, uh, chapter 4, verse 2. Then she boy again, this time his brother, Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Please note that. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Verse 5. But he did not. The Lord did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So we see, of course, we are quite familiar with the end of that story. It ended with Cain murdering Abel. And if we look at this at face value once again, all we see in the account of Moses in Genesis chapter 4 is two brothers that were at war, and one succeeded in killing the other. That is all we see. But as you would expect, 
there is more. If you have been followers in this, uh, following us in this class, you would already expect that there is more to that. Why? Because the scriptures is there's a whole lot of concealment. There's a whole lot of parable. And where do we find the interpretation, the revelation of these parables? It is in the epistles. So once again, beloved, we are going to be seeing from the epistles how you know, this issue actually transpired. Some underlining factors that are missing in Moses' communication of the truth that he was trying to communicate. Glory to Jesus. So, Cain and Abel decided, another thing that I want us to note, do we see that Cain and Abel decided to bring an offering to God? Did God request for it? No. Did God ask for it? No. They decided to bring an offering to God, both of them. Okay, so if Eve had this assumption that Cain was that man, do you agree with me that Eve would have told people all around, in fact, she may have even communicated to Cain that this is the promise on ground and you are, the, you are that man. And Cain must have believed that too. Okay, so what do you expect when Abel, the offering of Abel, together with Abel, scripture says Abel was respected along with his offering. God respected Abel and his offering, but God did not respect Cain and his offering. What, what do you think would be the response to that? Cain is supposedly the key man. Cain is supposedly the man chosen by God to overwhelm the serpent. Now, by his offering, it can be seen that he is not exactly accepted by God. So what then is going on? Is Cain not the guy? Is it Abel? So we can begin to understand the root of the jealousy playing out between Cain and Abel. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Now, another thing that we should see here, usually we think that Abel's offering was accepted because it is lamb offering. Because Cain took up the ground and God is not vegetarian. God likes blood with, with the animal. God likes fresh meat. You know, we, 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 we somehow think it's because of the offerings. <laughs> Just kidding. We somehow think it's because of the offerings that Cain was rejected and Abel was accepted. We are about to find out if that is true. Okay, if that is the truth, where this matter is concerned. At times we feel like, okay, maybe it is because the lamb signifies blood sacrifice and God likes blood sacrifice. Cain brought produce of the ground which God has caused. So at times we see it as, okay, Cain brought self-effort because when you till the ground, you will sweat. So Cain brought of his sweat. Are all these things true? Right off the bat, we will realize that they are not true. And we are about to find what is really going on here. Glory to Jesus. We are about to find out what is really going on. Okay? So it was not a matter of their offerings. It was not a question of who till the ground, who brought self-effort and who brought animal effort or animal blood glory to jesus it was not a matter of god is vegetarian or god is no vegetarian no god didn't ask for those offerings that's why i start uh, um, i started with that uh, uh, today god never asked for those offerings so that already screens this uh, screens uh, this out as well that it is not because god prefers one offering to the other it's not really because of that we're about to find out why 
Again, how do we find out the truth about what really happened, the details of what really happened that Moses could not communicate? We go to the revelation of scriptures. What is that again? You have been with us in this class, the epistles. You are very correct about that. And how do we find this answer? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 to 4. So we are about to see the revelation of scriptures concerning this matter. What do the scriptures reveal? First of all, because we are, we, are, we are here talking about the book of Hebrews, this is Hebrews chapter 11. And as this class goes on, we will draw a lot on Hebrews. Can we quickly take a detour? Again, we want to see from the epistles what really happened with Cain and Abel. Okay, so we want to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. I'll read that quickly and then we'll take a detour to understand the whole book of Hebrews because that will help us to answer the question of Cain and Abel. What was really going on there? Okay, so let's quickly read just to help us lay a foundation. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 to 5. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report, a good testimony. Uh, verse number three. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Okay, now verse four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and through it, he being dead, still speaks full stop. Hmm. What we just read contains vital answers that we need, but I won't go into that just yet, because again, this is the book of Hebrews, and I feel we need to understand the environment here. We need to understand what is going on here. So we will take a detour and begin to see how the book of Hebrews actually shapes up, leading to chapter 11. Glory to Jesus. This is Bible study. This is Just come along with me, open the scriptures, take notes. At your personal study, you would have opportunity to see some things more broadly. So try and follow with me as we open up Christ in the scriptures this, this, this day. Glory to Jesus. So, very quickly. The entire book of Hebrews, okay? I want us to note some of these things. The entire book of Hebrews, of course, as the name implies, it is Hebrews. That means it is written to the Hebrews, right? It is a letter written to the Hebrews. Who are the Hebrews? The Jews. Who are the Jews? The men of Israel. The people of Israel. The Israelites. Glory to Jesus. Those are the Jews. Amen. So the entire book of Hebrews is about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. That is why Hebrews chapter 1 opens up the way it opens up. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. 
who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his son and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become so much better than angels so pause hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 again this entire book of hebrews is all about the supremacy of jesus christ so hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 opens up right away jesus christ is greater than the prophets we read that in hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 that was the defense there okay if god made jesus christ the heir of all things all that the prophets spoke about jesus christ is the fulfillment of them all jesus is greater than the prophets glory to jesus glory to jesus and then we see from verse 4 what else do we see jesus is greater than the angels we see from verse 4 to 6 having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than than they and that goes on up to chapter 2 so we see number one jesus christ is greater than the prophets number two jesus christ is greater than the angels we see in verse 13 chapter 1 verse 13 chapter 2 verse 5 clear statement jesus is greater than the angels glory to jesus now why is this important the book of hebrews was written to the jews and three classes of jews actually we will see all through the book that first of all it was written to jews who have believed jesus number one number two it was written to jews who had not believed jesus number three it was written to jews whom the writer was persuading to believe <laughs> you see this, this this key point opens up a lot and I I, I I i request that you follow closely as we unravel scriptures in this place glory to jesus so the jews strongly believed in the prophet they believed in the ministry of angels that's why even daniel would 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 would, would do exegesis on how important the ministry of the angels was to the to the jews they understood that so much so prophets angels these are big issues in the jewish uh, uh, ideology and this writer is saying forget them jesus is greater than them jesus is greater than elijah jesus is greater than moses jesus oh i may be getting ahead of myself there we'll come to moses okay later in that book jesus is greater than prophet elijah prophet elisha jesus is 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 is, is greater than angel michael is greater than the archangels glory to jesus so we see chapter 3 verse 1 to 6 now opens up jesus is greater than moses okay i i don't want us to 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 keep opening that but from hebrews chapter 3 we see jesus is greater than than moses who was the core of their belief moses was the core of the belief in fact their religion was built on moses judaism was built on moses laws glory to jesus hallelujah so we also see, of course, Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 44 to 47, Moses wrote about me. Moses wrote about me. So Jesus is greater than Moses. This man says, this writer says. Okay? Then we see from chapter 4, Jesus is greater than Joshua. Hmm. Let's read uh, uh, briefly over here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8 to 11. For if Joshua had given them rest, 
then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest as himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. So we see on all around this place, the writer is saying, the rest that Joshua gave the people of Israel is not the true rest. The true rest is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. That was the message of the writer. We see that in chapter 4. That is why Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Glory to Jesus. So that was the point of chapter 4. Later on, we will see chapter 5, from chapters 5 to chapter 10, the whole point of the book of Hebrews of the writer is Jesus is greater than the high priests. Hmm. Jesus is greater than the high priest. So we see the writer of Hebrews attacking basic religious elements that the Jews held high. Okay? Later on, between chapter 5 and chapter 10, the writer says Jesus is greater than the high priest, greater than the, 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 the tabernacle, greater than the elements of the law, greater than the sacrifices. In fact, in chapter 10, he blows it off. He says, Jesus is the once and for all sacrifice. God never intended, God never wanted the blood of bulls and goats. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice, planned from the beginning of time. Glory to Jesus. So we have run through quite a number of things there. So we see that in, 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 in uh, uh, chapter 10, for, in, for instance, verse 5 to 10, what God wanted was never the blood of animals, but the sacrifice of himself that would save entire mankind, that would, save the same, that would solve the same problem. Glory to Jesus. That was the plan from the beginning. Glory to Jesus. Not the blood of sheep, goats, and bulls, and calves. Hallelujah. So, here is the writer of Hebrews telling them that, hey, from chapter 1 to 10, as we, are say, as, as, as we have run through within a few minutes, what he says in essence, guys, what you have believed in is not the real thing. They are shadows. Jesus is the real thing. Everything the prophets talked about, everything Moses made reference to, everything the sacrifices, the Sabbath day, the Passover, no, I, 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 I stood for was Christ. Everything was a typology, was a shadow of the real thing. This real thing is Jesus Christ. That was the point of the writer of Hebrews. This is very key because we're about to get into chapter 11. You see, to end all these comparisons that the writer of the book of Hebrews made, he now recalls between chapter 9 and chapter 10, he recalls that the exploits of Christ in putting away the Levitical priesthood, Aaronic priesthood, putting away the elements of the law, okay, is a fulfillment to the promise of God that was prophesied by the prophets. We see that in Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 to 34. We see that in Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 15 to 17. Please revisit these ones at your personal study. We also see it in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. So again, let me repeat that. To end all these comparisons, Jesus is greater than this. Jesus is greater than that. Okay? He recalls that the exploits of Christ in putting away the Levitical priesthood and its order and, and its elements okay is the fulfillment of the promise of god as prophesied by all the prophets 
and then he closed the comparison by encouraging them not to lose their patience or to lose their confidence but to receive the promise that's why you hear things like today when you hear his voice adding not your hearts as in the provocation as your fathers did do not add in your heart again the book of hebrews was written to jews that had believed jesus jews that had not believed jesus jews that the writer was persuading jews being persuaded to believe jesus again that's why you see hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 okay let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need hello that is not for believers I know we like to use that a lot in prayer. It is not for believers. Again, it, this is a persuasive test. This is a persuasive text. Where is the believer today? The believer is seated with Christ in heavenly places. The person that is on the throne of grace that you are that, that you are praying to enter is actually you. You are on that throne. So we see the confusion. You are not boldly entering the throne of grace. You are seated on the throne with Christ. The people being invited to come boldly are those that are not inside already, that are not on the throne already, asking them to believe Jesus and get on that throne. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow. This is enlightening. Glory to Jesus. So, we see that he ended the comparison in chapter 10 by encouraging them not to lose their confidence, not to lose their patience, but to receive the promise. That's why you will see things like, you no, know, Hebrews uh, 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 chapter 10, verse 38 to 39. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them which draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So the writer of Hebrews was telling them, don't lose your confidence in, in the promise of the prophet. It has come. Grab, grab a hold onto it. Okay, hold on to it and enter into the promise. Okay, believe to the saving of your soul. That was the message of the writer of Hebrews. Glory to Jesus. Then we come to chapter 11. Hallelujah. So, with our understanding of chapters 1 to 10, we can understand perfectly what is being addressed here. And that would help us ultimately to answer the Cain and Abel questions and several other questions that will come after now. Glory to Jesus. So, chapter 11, then started talking about the patriarchs. What was he continuing, like, what was the writer communicating until now? Remind me, he was persuading men to put confidence, okay, to, to hold on to confidence unto the end, okay, such that they are able to believe Jesus, who is the fulfillment of the promise that the fathers have waited for. Hmm. So now, in chapter 11, he is about to go through the patriarchs who obtained good reports. What is the good report? That they were righteous. Who obtained the righteousness by believing the promise. Is this making altogether sense to somebody today? Glory to Jesus. So, chapter 11 is about to go into the details of the patriarchs. We also call it the all of faith. Okay? The details of the patriarchs who obtained a good report. How? By believing the promise. What promise? The promise of the seed. The promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. The promise of resurrection in Christ Jesus. 
glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, he began sharing the good reports. He began sharing how these fathers of faith, how these fathers, starting with Abraham, okay? He began sharing, in fact, starting with Abel, actually. The writer of Hebrews started with Abel, the interesting thing, because he was the first, actually, as recorded in the scriptures. Glory to Jesus. So, he began sharing how the, 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 the fathers believed the promise and were all their lives open for the fulfillment of the promise. Hmm. He told them what all of them looked for was the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And what is that promise again? Promise of eternal life in Christ. Promise of resurrection. Again, don't forget, all these patriarchs were all spiritually dead. And we'll come to that later. We are getting close to where we would do expatiation on this matter of spiritual deadness. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, having reached this point together, we can go back into Hebrews chapter 11. Now we understand perfectly what was going on here. So, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 opens out. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Does that correlate with, with what, what, what we have been hearing? So, he said, He's about to go into the details of the patriarchs, how they hope for the fulfillment of the promise. Now he said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, for by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony, a good report. Then we start number uh, uh, verse 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, verse 4, our point of interest. By faith, again, what is faith? Go back to verse 1. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, again, by faith, that is, by something that Abel believed and hoped for. By something that Abel believed, by a no, by Abel believing a promise and hoping for its fulfillment, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, huh. through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Does that sound familiar? That sounds like Abraham, right? Yes, they are in the same category. They are in the same bracket. The same faith. That Abraham had to be declared righteous. Abel had to be declared righteous. And we'll see several other examples. God testifying of his gifts and through and, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. Question. So, why did God accept Abel's offering? Let us go back to Genesis chapter 4. Recall, Scripture says, God had respect on Abel. And his offering. Bam! I'm enjoying this. So we see clearly that it wasn't the offering, it was the mindset of Abel. Once Abel was accepted, whatever he brought to God was accepted. Once Cain was rejected, how was Cain rejected? His mindset. Something that he refused to believe. Again, we see the consistency. Cain was rejected and so was his offering. Glory to Jesus. 
Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow. So, we see, again, it is what they believed, what they hoped for, that made a difference between the two of them. That was the dichotomy. It wasn't tilling the ground or, or, or rearing animals. It wasn't animal blood or wheat or barley. No. It was what they believed and owed for. How do we know? Genesis 11 verse 4 tells us, By faith, Adam was accepted. He was declared righteous. His offering was declared more excellent than that of Cain. By what he hoped for and what he had believed. What he waited for manifestation for. Glory to Jesus. So, Abel clearly believed the promise. Abel believed that the promise of a seed was to come. It was the Christ. Cain, obviously, did not believe the same. Cain, again, we have a postulation that it's likely Cain thought it was him. Cain believed it was him. Cain, whatever he believed, he definitely, Hebrews 11 tells us, because Cain is not recorded yet, it, Hebrews 11 tells us that Cain never believed it was the Christ. Never believed. Abel believed. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So acceptance or rejection of the offering was an indication of acceptance or rejection of the thinking pattern of the offerer. Hmm. Recall, God never asked for it. Glory to Jesus. By God accepting Abel's offering, Hebrews 11:4 tells us that it was no, it 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 it, it declared Abel righteous. How? righteousness by faith like how like abraham that's why again we started with abraham glory to jesus in the in this class he believed and it was credited to him for righteousness glory to jesus another reason why it's so clear it's not about the items of the offering Cain brought wheat and barley first fruits from the ground hope you recall that in the days, no, many years after this, these were some of the offering elements that were brought according to the advice of Moses. That were brought to God. If you didn't, if you were not well to do enough to bring animals, you bring wheat, you bring crops. So it is definitely not about the offering. Glory to Jesus. The gospel was offered. Abel believed. Cain rejected. Cain never believed. Has someone been blessed tonight? Has someone been blessed today? You see, let me begin to tie it up for today. Another thing interesting, let's see Genesis chapter 4 again. I want to show us something lastly today. Glory to Jesus. Genesis chapter 4. So, the moment Cain killed Abel, and of course, later in the epistles, we see by the commentaries of the apostles that it was actually the devil walking in the heart of Cain. Because the epistles say, no, Cain is, was of that evil one. Jesus, speaking to the Pharisees, said, you are of your father, the devil, because he was a murderer from the beginning. How was the devil the, the, uh, a murderer from the beginning? By murdering Abel. How did he murder Abel? By dwelling in the heart of Cain to actually murder Abel. So the devil 
is unraveled here. He was walking behind the scenes. Just as the kingdom of God is where is in the hearts of men, the kingdom of darkness is in the heart of men. God needs men to operate on this earth. The devil needs men to operate on this earth. And Cain left his heart for the devil to operate with. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, the moment Aunt Eve realized that, wow, Cain killed Abel. So, Abel is no more. And definitely this seed that was promised cannot be Cain because he killed his brother. They add another child. Let's see verse 25. So funny. Genesis 4.25 And Adam knew his wife again. And she bore a son and named him Seth. Here the, the name she gave this one. What a creative woman. For God had appointed another seed for me instead of Abel whom Cain killed. Did you hear that? <laughs> so Seth, presumably by Eve, was going to take the place of the seed. <laughs> is the you no know, ultimate seed and then the search went on because Seth eventually died so she realized that definitely no 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 everyone saw that it's still not said and from then on people of god the genealogy started we start seeing Seth begat enosh enosh begat mehujel mehujel begat methuselah methuselah begat that blah 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 jared and on and and on and on and and and, and on but the interesting thing is this. Why was the genealogy there? It is so that Christ will be traced. The purpose of the genealogy was to trace Christ. That's why nothing is for waste in the scriptures, actually. When we look carefully, that's why we, 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 we engage in the revelation of the scriptures. Because scriptures begin to open up. Even the genealogy in scriptures, people of God, points to Christ. Wow. That is why Matthew chapter 1 verse 16, the moment the genealogy found Christ, the moment Jesus got into the genealogy, the genealogy stopped. They stopped tracing lineage. Why? Because Jesus is still alive today. <laughs> so people of God, even the genealogy in scriptures is for what purpose? To trace Christ, to trace the resurrection. Let me close this way, beloved. If all you do with scriptures, in your study of scriptures, is still to look for things, to look for systems, to look for principles, to look for characters and study their weakness and strength, you are not in the truth. You are not in the truth. In fact, you are in abuse of scriptures. Because scriptures are Christ's book. This Bible it is Christ's book. It is all about Christ. Repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Metanoia. Change your mind. Glory to Jesus. Scriptures is for Christ. Even the genealogies, I will repeat that. Even the lineage tracing is all to trace Christ. Once Christ was found, the end of the tracing arrived. The tracing stopped. The purpose of Bible study, the purpose of scriptures, is not to teach marriage system. It is not to teach business systems. It is not to teach principle of sowing and reaping. It is not to teach principles of livelihood. The purpose of scriptures is Christ. Do not abuse scriptures. 
Do not abuse scriptures. Repent. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Glory to Jesus. Is someone blessed today? So right from our next class, we'll move on to another example. Interesting set of examples. And then we begin to tie things up. All about seeing and seeing some of these examples. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and would like to do this, please say these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all my sins. You raised him from the dead and is alive today. By his sacrifice, I am forever forgiven, forever justified, and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. Amen. Congratulations, you are now a member of God's family. He is now Father to you. We encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.